have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg won. I, I just walk out. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a big edition of the Two Units Podcast. We got five Group Ones to preview this weekend at Royal Randwick and Sandown. We also have the Sultan Supper. Pack your nags. Our unit of the week, and as always, we round out the show with our best bets from around Australia in two units. My name is Nick Foote. Joining me once more is my great mate, the Sultan, Big Fella. How are you? How you going, bro? How's your week been? Good. We're Big Fella and bro each other. It's a positive start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weekend was a ripper, mate. I got to catch up with you and a heap of close friends and celebrate turning 25, which was really nice, mate. Yeah, that was beautiful. What about when we went to that bar and that mm. random bloke was on Scolopini and oh. there, was, there was just two tables going berserk yeah. for the scallop? That was yeah. very good. That was outstanding. And then the a table pretty much got thrown onto the onto St Kilda Road in celebration when the Jumbuck <laughs> rounded out the day. It was uh, it yeah. was good scenes, good fun with our friends, and nobody got hurt. And that's what there we was, were. but a, but a bit of a precursor to what's coming though. I was definitely modest in in my assessment of of the post race though, mate. I, I kept the cards close to my chest. <laughs> yeah, well, we might get to that. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty turkey filled cold cut. Combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. Sultan's supper time. Great performances. What do we got, Salty? Well, mate, I saw some some chat on Twitter. Our, our great mate of the show, D-Raj, who was talking to the unit oh, hunter. About, I don't know um, this is going. Yes. Yeah, saying that. And to be fair, on social media, there wasn't a great deal of kick up. You know, he'd said that the unit hunter said, you know, seven. Salty said it should have been 350. One like was eighty. D-Raj said, you know. There was some modesty, and I looked at that, and I thought, that's just not what I want to be. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Jump back. Let's go. And the clock tower with 150 metres to go. Sprints two lengths in front, two and a half lengths in front. It's all to jump back. Hello? No, sorry. No, I'm recording the Two Units podcast. No, sorry. I'll give you my best bet of the weekend later tomorrow. All right, I'll catch you then. See you later. Yeah, so sorry about that. Um. I just, I didn't want to be known as as that. You know, some people want to be known as being modest and and humble. But I thought, well, maybe I've got a bit too small for my own boots, and I need to rev it up a bit. He needs to hop back in the Shaquille O'Neal size. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got the youth shoes on, the Velcro strappers over the top. Yeah, well, yeah. they might not have been privy to some of the behaviour after the Jumbuck one. I was walking around that that big bar just yelling out. God damn, that's a great bet. What a smart bet. That's too smart. <laughs> Beery loved it though. <laughs> these, are, these are all quotes. And Beery was in good form too. This is oh, this, yeah. this is the the this is classic Mitch Beer type stuff. We're like, mate, get on Scalapini, get on Scalapini. He's like, I'm on it, I'm on it. And he'd, he'd had a couple of um, lemonades, let's say, and we kept talking about it, and I think he forgot. And throughout the day, he max staked Scolopini three times accidentally. So <laughs> he was he was going. Beery could be home if this doesn't win, boys. Beery could be home. So. Yeah, but then he was going to like he was backing things at 
Eagle Farm and on the Gold Coast and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we're like, come on, mate, it's time to put it away. Right. <laughs> I think I saw him put a quarter on at Pinjara, but good on you, dude. That's good stuff, mate. Hey, I'll tell you who I'm bringing to the supper is the Mooney Valley Race Club. And this is no, we're not big, we're not big ambassadors or on big payrolls here. This is this is hand on heart stuff. We we hosted a young members function for them on Friday night. And if they don't have the best bang for buck membership going around and i know we've got a lot of young listeners too and it's under 30 if you fall into that category 180 bucks for a year salty it was to be a member and then this cocktail party that the sultan and i hosted was 30 dollars for the night and it was just free cocktails free beers canapes the canapes were out and about the old canapes all night as well it was honestly the best bang for buck function i've ever witnessed it was Fandingham all you could eat, all you could drink. And they had like a tequila brand sponsoring it with a genuine mixologist. I couldn't believe when they said it was 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, so look at that. What about, that, what about halfway through though? Mitch, mm. who runs the functions there, he comes down. He's like, Dave, I need you to give us a hand. We've got a room full of about 60 women in this private function room, women, women in-, in property. Yeah. Just go up and... and have a chat to them and, and give them a couple of tips for the next few races. And I'm like, oh, well, look, I can go up there, but surely they're not going to listen to me. Well, I, I said one thing into the mic and it was like they were – It's weird. <laughs> it was I, like I, a teacher and they were all in grade prep. They were eyes to the front, It's weird. cross-legged so sitting up. It's weird for a property function that out of the two units, they took the digger's rest component and they left South Yarra in the room downstairs. Yeah, well, foot, that so was, I that was, was bit, what I let off with. I said, I look, in terms if you want to get form analysts up here, I'll give you an analogy. I'm sort of the, the Doveton investment property form analyst. <laughs> I didn't mind that. But then yeah. when the first tip got up, wagon wheel, whew, crunched. Yeah. I said, oh, Jamie Carr, follow that, girls. And then the next one, I, I gave Persan and I sort of left swords drawn out because I didn't want to, you know, yeah, um, they just want to go up in two bets or whatever. And then Persan didn't win. And I was thinking, geez, if the second one got up there, I was just going to walk back in there like the Messiah. And <laughs> maybe get a few numbers. Maybe, maybe um, I was sort of had this sort of um, fantasy, and it's not where this is going, that I'd walk back up there if both of them won and they'd go, oh, thanks so much for the tips. Here's an investment property. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't quite work out, I'm but shout sure out that, to the ladies. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So that's weird that that didn't happen. But yeah. anyway, what else you got? Hey, what about Ed Sheeran? So I don't listen to his music or anything. I, I'm a... I'm old school, man. I'm an old heart. It's hard really... not to. It's actually hard to yeah, avoid it. Well, when I listened to some of the songs he was playing when he went to this particular hospital to play for the kids up in Queensland, I know his songs. And look, he seems like a nice dude. Mm. I, I obviously don't know him from a bar of soap, but you know, you can be a pop star or a rock star. He's not a rock star, but you can be a pop star or, or an artist and, and um, you know, sort of fluff yourself up a little bit. But he seemed like a nice dude. He's gone to the, this children's hospital in Queensland and just mm. played an absolute private gig for them, yeah. just just acoustic in their rooms. You thought, you know, you don't have to do that shit. No, that's good gig. Like, you don't have to do that. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's, it's great, um, you know, publicity, but you also don't have to do it. He's a squillionaire. So good on you, Ed. Yeah, good And on I saw you. him flying commercial as well on Virgin too. So 
He's a, bit, a little bit of a man of the people, old yeah. Eddie Sheeran. The Sultan would be sending an invoice if he went into a hospital and had to give a few tips. Oh, there'd be an invoice. No. There'd nah, be an invoice coming on. in. Nah. <laughs> you depends would. on the ward. You're a human invoice. You'd invoice depends. that up for sure. Depends, depends on, on the ward. The ward. <laughs> 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 no, you've said it better yourself <laughs> right there, so it's good stuff. <laughs> Threaten me with violence. You're in this club Harness, energy, block, bad. This thing- Why are you? If I feel there's a need to address something, I will do that. Psycho. Psycho like a What's going on? It's back in Ags time. Uh, Time to send things packing that's just caught our eye from the week gone by. So I'm reading in the run sheet here and I'm feeling that we're very much on the same page, pardon the pun, with our first pack in Ags. You take it away, mate. Yeah, so I've seen this. And then just not read the article, which I always don't. <laughs> yeah, classic. I don't care because I've seen enough. <laughs> I have seen that the publisher of Roald Dahl children's books. Puffin books. Been, but Puffin. Mm-hmm. Th- they've employed sensitivity readers mm-hmm. to go back through his children's books and change words that might be offensive. Now, one of these words is fat. Yeah. Okay. So can now, I give a bit of context for this too? Okay. Yeah. So this yep. is based on the Augustus Gloop character in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So they're not allowed to call him fat. Okay. Is he fat? Enormous. All right. So <laughs> like so what? What do they change it to? Obese or something? But are we getting are we not understanding science here? Because there are three macronutrients, <laughs> carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Now, if your body doesn't expend the same amount of energy that is going in to what is going out, it that energy gets stored as fat. The word is science. It's not offensive. Oh, You're mate. teaching kids about science and nutrition and that if you eat too much and don't exercise enough, you put on weight and it's stored in your body as what, Nick? Fat salts. Very good, Nick. Fantastic. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I want to add to this because I did read the article. And to be honest, like you're still well within your rights to absolutely tee off on this. So the sensitivity readers are switching out words for words that are less offensive. So they're switching fat with the word enormous. But to be honest, <laughs> not, that's, yeah, more that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so if someone come up to me and said, you're fat, like, all right, that, that, yeah, whatever. But if someone come up to me and said, you're enormous, I'd probably, and it was a, and it was a mate and I actually cared about their opinion, I'd probably go and lock myself in my room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, you, and, and on the other hand, if someone comes up to you and says, well, you've got a fat dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shut up, mate. It's enormous. <laughs> that absolutely T-boned me. I didn't see that coming at all. It works both ways, mate. Oh, it works both ways. Yeah. It can be a positive. It can. It can be a positive. Oh, so The yeah. other words, this is the other words that mm. they're, uh, they're putting out of these books. So crazy and ugly they're now getting rid of crazy and ugly i'm not sure what they're replacing them with the one though that ticked me right off so it's not a lot ticks me off either this ticked me off is oompa loompas in charlie and the chocolate factory are now not allowed to be referred to as small men they have to be referred to as small people okay 
Well, that's what I'm going to leave alone because you're in trouble with that. But, <laughs> but what if what, Roald what about, Dahl wrote the, wrote the yeah, book and they are small works. men? What if they're yeah. small men? Why do we have- I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I reckon a lot of le- listeners are from our sort of uh, walk of life as well. So they'll be liking this as well. And if you don't, well, uh, <laughs> each their own, I guess. I'm not yeah. going to you, but keep listening. But look, uh, what, what, what about if Beyonce, you know, that crazy- in love song, which yeah. absolutely boogies. What's that going to be like? Mentally unstable. Great <laughs> song. Yeah. Right, yeah. So go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, another pack in eggs for me this week is this guy needs to be called out. Racing bot. Racing bot on Twitter is an absolute stain on the underpants that is the Twitter society, and he headlines them for me. Salts. He absolutely sucks. <laughs> his life. <laughs> his life is built around just. Clawing through Twitter, trolling through Twitter every single day, looking for anything he can poke holes through. Absolutely despises gambling, despises punting anyone in the game. If you oh, hate really? it, if you hate it that much, go away. Oh, I thought he liked racing and just liked bagging people. No, well, it's a, it, all it is is just negative comments. Yeah, re re punting, and I, I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely sent him packing with a Good couple of Ferrari it. gifts and. Mm. Now, like I've, that. now I've blocked him, so he can't have my last, <laughs> yeah, can't good, have last yeah, word. Yeah, last word in. <laughs> yeah. Courage. Yeah. Courage. Courage. Hey, mate, I've just got one more here. So I've, I've got a close mate, and I'm going to keep everything nameless mm. here. So, But he's got someone he knows in his life that um, just lies a lot, and I've got a list of some of his lies, and I reckon each week I might just read out one of them. Yep. So I'm going to read out a, well, two this week. So one relates to the show. So when asked how he went on the punt on the weekend, he says he has won every single quaddie there is, and he's always up several thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Another one recently was I used to run Vizzy. Then when asked what he did there, he answered with fitter and turner. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh, mate, I lost it. I don't know. You, you know some people that just always make up stories? <laughs> It got me though. He's gone from the CEO to being a fitter and, fitter and turner. <laughs> Brilliant. I love those blokes. They're the J from the in-betweeners. Yeah, Everyone, yeah Every exactly. single one has one in their friendship group. Yeah. And I don't think friendship groups survive without having that dynamic in there because nah, what true. else can all your mates talk about when you get together? You have to yeah. talk about that bloke. <laughs> Good stuff. Let's talk some races on the other side of this. Having a bet on sport or racing this week? Top this. With literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you covered. Whether you're into soccer, cricket, basketball, or want to try your hand on the horses, harness, or even greyhounds, there's something for everyone. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Uh, time now for Salt's Specs. And as always, this part of the show is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, our great friends over there, Tristan Merlihan and the crew. Now, Salt's, we've got Group 1 racing across two tracks, five Group 1s, in fact. We've got a three at Sandown, two up there in Sydney. Now, we're going to focus on the meet at Sandown, Lakeside, Hillside, Shoot Start first. And I say that because this is Genuinely, for punters at home that just want to sit back and do the form themselves and have a bit of a bet, 
it's very hard to make informed decisions and find how to make informed decisions because we've got a meet that's running across the lakeside track, the hillside track, as well as a shoot start that has an amended finishing line. So, Saltz, do you want to talk a little bit about this and try and give some of our listeners a bit of an insight? It doesn't make it easy. Personally, I hate dual track meets, like when it goes from Morville to the parks and then back and throws out all the data and stuff like that. But Look, both rails are in the true. It'll be a good four upgraded to a three. The inside's protected on the lakeside track. Last time they raced here, it was six metres on Jan 11. Mm-hmm. So fresh ground there. And the hillside um, was 10 metres on CF4 day, and that's back to the true. But that just generally races quite fair. On the lakeside track, I've got lanes two to four being the best and four to midfield. But the thing of note come Saturday is there is a fresh northerly. Now, a northerly for the lakeside track is a headwind down the back. So you think you're you're 16, 14, 12, they run into a headwind. Then as they come around the bend, it it gets at their back and is a tailwind in the straight. So I've looked for horses that are going to get a little bit of cover Mm. in those sort of, you know, think Blue Diamond, Zedative, those 1,200-meter races on the Mm. lakeside track. And what's um, that mean for something like the Oakley Plate? Is that just even faster than what yeah, it's going to be anyway? Yeah, they'll they'll run very fast time mm. in that Oakley Plate. I dare say they'll break a track record, my friend. <laughs> what, it also beat, means they'll beat like, jigsaws. They'll beat jigsaws. Yeah, they will from, and, from December. And, and you won't like because of that. And there's good horses up on speed. You won't want to be right back. But it mm. doesn't matter if you're four or five wide with a little bit of cover. Yeah, at all, really, yep. from that start. You'll just blend in nicely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mate, let's well, let's start in race two in the Angus Armanasco Stakes. It's a 1,400-meter race. It's for the three-year-old fillies, and it's a group two. Yeah, I'm going to back two here. One that settles on speed. I might have to punch that breeze a little bit, but it depends how fast they go as to whether or not it has that much of an impact. So call die. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And there you go. Yeah. And or, or might be D, whatever. I didn't listen to the replay, but whatever. Yeah. And Shuffle Dancer, who I'm just going to have the exact same amount on, and it's just like a smaller result. So mm-hmm. almost a saver, but still a positive result. So Cool Die, I'm going to go with one well. Decent time, first up 1,400 metres, was very strong late up in Sydney. Has that 1,400 metre run under the belt. And three weeks off to stay at this trip is a positive because she's a, a big, strong Frankel filly as well. So, like, she might be looking for further, but I don't mind the run spaced for her. And Shuffle Dance is the other one. She ran, She's run the fastest last four and 200 metres of the day, two back from too far back at uh, Flemington, I believe that was. And then yep. last start at Mooney Valley, she won by a length and a half, heavily back, two bucks into a dollar fifty, but... If she got out earlier, she completely wallops them and, and was really strong late. She comes back slightly in trip, but should hopefully get a little bit of cover midfield and has gone back to the jump outs and jumped out really well since. So backing them both. Yep. Shuffle Dancer, $3.50. Cool Die, 6 bucks. Uh, Cool Die, the better result. Race four is the Zedative Stakes over 1,200 metres. It's a group three for the three-year-olds, set weights and penalties. Now, it's an interesting uh, little field, this one here, mate, because there's a couple of exciting three-year-olds lining up here. You've got Rich Fortune, Queen of the Ball, Wee Nessie, La Donceuse Rouge. I've butchered that again. Mate, they- I, I said it last week and I like got it so bad yeah. on the analyzer. 
that this week I've left it out of my tips, so I just don't have to say it. <laughs> I, just, I just butchered it on a layback hard and got laughed yeah. at, but that's all right. Um, they all come through the Kevin Hayes. <laughs> yeah. That was that was run out of the shoot start a fortnight ago and was won by Rich Fortune. You've got Spacewalk Celsi, who you talk about a bit. It's a last start Rose Hill winner and has had a trial between runs. Then the other five runners, they either present first up or, or they just bring a completely different form line. So how are you assessing this one? Well, recommendation comes across from barrier eight and queen of the ball follows him across. They'll lead and sit outside the leader. So, And then after that, they'll just sort themselves out. But the one that maps for that run to tuck in behind out of that breeze, if they go too hard as well, is spacewalk. Mm-hmm. And the booking for me is is enormous yeah, because Jamie. he's a horse that gets very keen. He got keen last start, 51 and a half kilos, ran really good overall time against the older horses. And was just ridden like the best horse once he got keen. Reese Jones allowed him to slide up outside the leader. He's had four weeks between runs. He went back to the trials in Sydney. And he out-trialed Marzu, who's now a, a bona fide weight for age group mm-hmm. one sprinter mm-hmm. on his way to a TJ. So that's fantastic to do. Yes, he's had more work under his belt. But this is a lot easier race than anything Marzu will go around in. And... He got keen in that trial again. So Jamie Carr, this is her first sit, and, and that is one of her great strengths as a jockey is getting horses to relax that can get a little bit keen. So I, if I could think of any jockey in the whole entire world to put on top of this horse, it would be her. And from barrier two, she can just stalk the speed and he's on the up. I love a mid-prep trial and he's going to be very hard to beat. Yep. Pretty big push there for Spacewalk at 3.40. Hey, I'm getting involved in this race too. I really like the way that Recommendation went about at last start at Canterbury. He did lead all the way. It was 64 grade, carrying 61 and a half kilos and had to do a bit of work, but did run the fastest six to the 400 of the meeting and then was running away from them through the line. Got form around Think About It, who is favourite for a group race at Randwick, the uh, Liverpool City Cup later on Saturday. Uh, he's obviously up in class here, but I just think looks well and truly overs at around the eight bucks for a horse that will find the top. So I'm going to play one by three on recommendation at the price, Saltsy in race four as well. Um, race number five, mate, is the Autumn Classic. This was one of the races that's on the hillside. It's over 1,800 metres, set weights for three-year-olds. It's a group two, and you're just specking something real sort of rough as guts. Yeah, high approach. He goes quite well. He won third up last preparation for Archie Alexander. That was at over 1,800 metres at Flemington in the Connoisseur. No, it was a listed race, but it was a low-end listed race. But there still has been some winners come through it. And then he resumed first up at Mooney Valley, 1,500 metres in a benchmark 78. But it was against the older horses. And he was one of several runners in that race that never saw daylight. The race was won by Rambler Rebel, but... He jogged around on on the bridle the whole entire time. He, he literally never was tested at any stage, and he looks like he had something to offer. Ben Mallam has a very tricky gait for him drawn out. There's a there's a full field of 15 acceptors here, and he's drawn 15. But if he can just get some luck and, and get some cover sort of midfield and, and one off, there are a few horses in the race that go back. Mm. I thought it was a good enough price to spec because, like, Pericles was – you know, didn't have any favours first up in the autumn stakes, was three wide, good sprint four of the two, peaked late. Mr. Maestro went a lot better than I thought he was going to as well. It, 
look, he had the run. He never saw the breeze and he got to the line okay. But there was just nothing jumping out at me to back at those prices. And, and this fellow looks a little bit over the odds. Well, he's 21 bucks over the odds there, Saltsy, on top sport. So, um, yeah, you certainly identified some value and, and hopefully can, whether it be uh, you're just going to spec from a win point of view, but Correct. perhaps listeners could be each way inclined as well if that's the way you like to bet. But Saltsy's just a small spec there on high approach in the uh, autumn classic um, race number seven, mate, the, this is the one, the Blue Diamond over 1,200 metres for the two-year-olds. Um, it's on the lakeside. Now, ha- let's let's talk about this race because in terms of like you look at the, the openness of the, the market and I think that's representative of Blue Diamonds in years gone by. You had sort of Dormier win around that what was it, $20, I think, last year. You had mm. uh, Artorias the year before around 13 bucks, and then Tagaloa in 2020 at 26 bucks. So there's always it always seems to be a race um, with a little bit of value available if, um, if you like one. It is a little bit different this year because the way I've sort of assessed it, I had a bit of a fixed mind going in on horses I wanted to back. And the, due to the barrier draw, I've just had to pen them because they're just going to have awful runs and be too far back. Um, against what we're predicting the pattern to be. So um, I've actually sided with the same horse as you here, mate, but do you want to perhaps talk about who who you're going to bet up on and, and how you see the race unfolding? Yeah, that lakeside start really actually does mean that barriers are of significance because if you're drawn right out and have to cop your medicine and go back, well, it's you just can't do that on the lakeside track unless you've got complete panels on them and they are an even lot. The only one that... Well, there's a couple that, that are coming down from Sydney, Don Corleone and um, a couple of others. Who, who's the other one? Um, well, we've got Steel City. Oh, yeah, Steel City. And then and then a few are coming down that have sort of started there, like Cigar Flick, yep. who, who who started up there and has come down, party for two, had a few in Queensland. But yeah. the different form line is mm. Steel City. Mm-hmm. And Steel City... She not only brings the different form line, I'm not sure the ones that have been going around in Victoria are any good, really. Mm. So she brings that different form line, but it's also right now the standout two-year-old form lines in the country. It's the A1 form reference. Absolutely. That she went wid- around. The, the form through the Widden, learning to fly. Yep. My, oh, my. And, and the, so she went around $3.80 to beat learning to fly, and she, learning to fly was just better than her. Yep. Beaten half a length. And the start price, she went around $2.20 to beat Red Resistance, beaten just under a length, big gap back to third. Now, look at what those two horses have done since. Still, um, learning to Fly came from absolute downtown in the English Millennium, a, a fantastic win. Mm-hmm. And Red Resistance has gone back to the trials and um, run home the last 600 in like 31 flat or something oh, bullshit no, like seen, that. I haven't seen that trial. Yeah, yeah very, okay. very it's, good it's trial. Yep. So here she is now coming down from Sydney. Don't worry about a gap between runs in this stable. Mm. Blake Shin on, barrier five, just tucks in right behind the speed. And also the blinkers go on for the first time. And for this stable, that is a very profitable gear change. So she's just got too much in her favour. Like usually these two-year-old races, we've seen they can mix their form. They don't run up to their last start ratings. King's Gambit, like a number of them. Don Corleone went under last start, was very plain at $1.60 after being enormous on debut, went four wide. So they mix their form a bit. But 
she hasn't. She's rated, you know, she's improved her rating second up and she just looks on the right trajectory. Yeah, I'm with you and I won't even add any more to that with Steel City. I'm also going to spec one at a price salts in party for two. Now, I actually thought she was really strong in the Phillies prelude. Now, how strong that form race is, we'll find out on Saturday. But at, you know, a horse here at 20 bucks. I reckon she, sh- she showed some really early toe from the wide draw, got across, sat outside exploring, and then she just continued to find the line when asked to. And 1,200 metres is a tick for me. She's rock hard fit. The key here is she actually gets barrier one. So um, I think she'll kick up lead and she looks pretty gutsy. So she might be in it for a long way. So party for two, just a little speck at that big price. But yeah, Steel City, hard to argue. The other two I was just going to mention that I was actually really keen. I was really keen to follow that chairman stakes form of um, what's the Godolphin Zolt? What's the Godolphin with the Z? Zolfacar. Oh, Zolfacar. I was seeing if follow Zolfacar and VC out of that chairman's run. I thought that might have um, that might have been a good little prelim into this, but they've just they're absolutely cast in terms of mm-hmm. the draw. So I, mm-hmm. I can't back them. So that's the way I'm going to play it, mate. But I'm actually really excited to sit down and watch that race. There's a lot of angles that you could take and. Um, Steel City, that'd be the best result for us. Yeah. Race number eight. Oh, also, sorry, our one hundred dollar betting place. I'll have a hundred bucks. Steel City. Same. Cancel each other out. Um, oh, actually, I'll have eighty, and I'll have twenty on party for two because I've spoke about it and said I'm going to back it. So, we'll. <laughs> um, race eight, the Group One Futurity Wait for Age, fourteen hundred meters. Um, you've got I'm Thunderstruck, Mr. Brightside, Aegon and Nugget. They're all coming through the CF4 stakes. They remain at 1,400. A couple of uh, Annabelle Nisham runners engaged, Laws of Indices, who's a dual nom, also in the Chipping Norton, and Maya Oberon. They bring Sydney form, or they present first up. And then Alligator Blood's the fresh horse on the speed, and we know what he's like up on top of the speed. He's an absolute pit bull. Mate, so um, you <laughs> missed a worldwide. How are you? Uh, how are you playing? Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to bet in the race. I, I think it's a fantastic barrier for I'm Thunderstruck. Particularly, I'm not sure. I can't find anything on where Laws of Indices is going. It makes more sense for him to be 1600 meters second up, and he is currently stabled at Warwick Farm. If he doesn't come here, I think I'm Thunderstruck kicks up and gets the one one. He might just do that anyway. Because they just folded him back from that wide draw last start. They're really keen to ride him up close when he gets an inside draw. Mm. He gets that on the weekend with barrier three. And he was betted, I thought, the the best run of, of the losing brigade, if I leave out Gentleman Roy, mm. was Mr. Brightside. Because he was home in the race fastest splits. So I just think he's the one. He's Where do you he, see Mr. Brightside lobbing? Probably behind, he'd probably get the back of I'm Thunderstruck and behind him. And and that he got the back of him last start and he was home in the fastest splits of the race, but he still did beat him I'm Thunderstruck. But Mr. Brightside staying at 1,400, for me, that's just a little bit more of a negative. I think he's oh. might not just have that ping second up or already looking for the mile, whereas Thunderstruck can, can still sprint. Mm, okay. I, I'm, so, sorry, keep going, mate. Yeah. No, I, no, that's it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're going to have... What's I'm going to have 80 bucks on I'm Thunderstruck and 20 bucks on Mr. Brightside. Okay. I'm I'm looking at it a little bit different. I think Mr. Brightside's got a bit of versatility. I, I think Mr. Brightside could um, push up and sit sit on lead, outside leader. I, I don't see Mr. Brightside being behind 
I'm thunderstruck in the run. And that's well, what... Do you think he's going to... He settled eight off Nugget last start and then there's... And then there's... um. Alligator blood, which will lead. He can't clear any of those two. Mm. I think he'll be ridden a little bit more forward this week. I reckon he'll be. I reckon he'll land in front of I'm Thunderstruck in the run. That's how yeah, I'm okay. seeing this race unfold, and this is why I'm landing on this as my play. And this is eighty dollars, Mister Brightside, and I'm not betting in the race either. This is just for the pissing contest. Eighty dollars, Mister Brightside, to win, and I'm having. $20 on Nugget to win as well. I'm actually taking the big boy Thunderstruck on in the Futurity Saltsy. Um, all right. Well, we've got a little point of difference there. That could be moving day for the boys in the Futurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, race nine, the third. This is the group one I'm looking forward to the most. I think this is the race of the Autumn Salts. I've been hanging out for this for a long time. And it's the Oakley Plate. It's out of the chute. They literally get... It's like Mario Kart. They get mushrooms out of the chute and they just absolutely eject. They're just that quick. So <laughs> 1,100 metres. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the old it's the old cliche, isn't it? They're going to go like Oakley Platers, but the reality is they, they bloody are. They're going to go so fast. And I actually love that it's at – I love that it's out of the hillside chute. I'm loving this race for this reason because it brings everyone into play and barriers matter less. Yeah, it's fascinating. The the wind might mean it's, it's going to be an advantage to be up closer to the speed, but it's just a beautiful start point. It's one of the most beautiful start points in the, the history of racing, and I love it there. And What about the end point? Oh, it's a great end point too. I told you the other day I'm, I've only had two <laughs> two bets on that, that winning post, and they've both won, Jigsaw and Rich Fortune. So I'm looking to make it three from three. And I like a couple here. Oh, That's not a, a, Insert, that a solo on. again. Hang on. No, it is... I'm enjoying a insert your brand name in there sponsors <laughs> uh, today on the show. Um, this is the two units thirst crushing moment. <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, like good. It. The a thirst good crushing moment. Oh, well, the thirst crushing moment for me is the glue on shoes going on Star Patrol for the first time. Mm. He was one that was coming through that thousand meter race on the hillside track, going back to the jump outs at Cranbourne and move well that I thought, oh, what a great setup. Then I see the glue-on shoes on, and, and they're just something that really puts me off. It it just means that there's not that there's something amiss with the feet. Now, I, the stable are going to know more than me, but I, it's just something I, that, particularly in a group one, I'm just going to pen it as a bet. I asked Reese Goodwin about this today and said, mm. what, like, is it – is this sort of last chance saloon? Is this a throw at the stumps, this type of stuff? Like how hesitant are our trainers to do it? And his response was like courses for courses, really, depending on the scenario. So it didn't get yeah. a lot. But um, Well, he's never had them before. Yeah, that's the thing. Jules, Jules Valance spoke as well around the data, like the overwhelming amount of data showing, you know, in terms of how negatively it can affect a horse in terms mm. of uh, market and results. So that yeah. was interesting as well. Like you've got to take that on board, don't you, in terms yeah. of statistics. And it's, and it's kept me out of it because mm. of that reason because he's up against some good horses and, you know, you want to be 100%, not 95. And, look, he's a good horse. I've got him in my numbers, but I'm citing the way of, of two other ones. Chain of Lightning for me through the Rubiton. The Rubiton was won by Lofty Strike, ran the fastest last 200 metres of the day. But I'm of a firm opinion that if I know that Lofty Strike didn't get out till the 250 either, 
But if Chain of Lightning gets out, she wins the race. That's my opinion. People might think otherwise, but she was just completely bolting. You look at her through the line. She's way past them. She had so much to offer. Now, Barrier 2 might be a little bit tricky, but I am me drawing Barrier 1. If Craig Williams can step with her and keep that one on the fence and, and stay one off, she's going to need some luck again in the big field. But bloody hell, they're all going to need a bit of luck. And I thought she should have beaten Lofty Strike, and now she gets two kilos off him. So I'm happy to have something on her. She was mm-hmm. terrific first up. And the other one is Zapateo. They elect to come here first up. There was a race at Santa Ana a couple of weeks ago that James Cummings said if they brought her there, then she just flat out would have bolted him. But they wanted to keep her fresh for this race in mind. And you look at her form and you say, yeah, she's going to be better with some give in the ground. But yeah. she's also only had two goes on a good track. One of them, she was a tragedy beaten, not very well ridden at Caulfield. And, you know, the other one, she just found one better at Mooney Valley. But I'm willing to give her a go considering that we can get $17 against $5 Asfora. And if you have a look at their last start clash at Flemington, William Buick rode Zapateo and just got her way back. She Feddingham didn't get out to the 200. Her mm. last 200 visually was about as fast as they go. But on the day, it was 1.1 lengths faster than anything else produced on the day. And she's over triple the price of Asfura when she probably should have beaten her. And her two trials in Sydney have been magnificent. Follow on from that, the James Cummings stable on the hillside track over the last 12 months, if you flat staked every runner they've had at Betfair starting price, you'd be up 84% profit on turnover. And they've had seven winners from 29 at 24%. They adore bringing runners to this track. I think she can just blend in sort of midfield, find the right back to follow, and, and she's over the odds too. So for my betting play, I'll have $40 Zapateo. Sixty dollars chain of lightning. I like it, mate. That's good. I was gonna, I was gonna challenge you on this Apateo, uh wet form versus mm. good form. But Look, it's, it's an unknown. No, if it's no, a soft five, a then I'm more confident. But, but at eighteen bucks, yeah, exactly. More than happy to find out. Yeah, uh, mate. I'm siding. I really like the Rubiton form line as well, and I'm siding with Uncommon James, who. I was with in the Rubiton on this show and I just thought his return was excellent. There was a little concern over his fitness, how he would return after that fetlock injury that kept him out of spring. Big money came for him late. He did peak a little, but I think that run just tops him up perfectly for this. Like drops four and a half kilos. It just looks a great lead into an Oakley plate for mine. I love that he's drawn 14 because Ben Thompson's just going to be able to blend him into the race wherever he is. I don't think he will... I don't think he'll be a hard luck story, put it that way, if he doesn't mm. win. So um, 10 bucks, Uncommon James. Uh, I'm going to have I'm going to have $50 each way. Lovely. How good are handicap races? Oh, they're so yeah, good. Jets. They're just so intriguing. You can well, always get a price usually about things. It's just great. It is. It's important to, to, to note as well, in the Oakley Plate, eight of the last 11 Oakley plates, the winners have been 54 kilos or under. So it is a lightweight yeah. sprint. Yeah, race. lightly raced sort of well-placed mm. horses excel. There's a profile for the race, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, mate, let's go to Royal Randwick, cover the two group ones there. Race seven is the group one surround stakes for the three-year-old fillies, 1,400 metres. Mate, I'm going to be real bread and butter about this because – it feels as though in secret is the one they all have to beat. And I think I think it's absolutely bloody spot on. There's, there are four other Group 1 winners in the race. Like you look at Zoo Gotcha, she's a belter, Madame Pomery and Fireburn. But I don't think they hold a candle to um, in secret second up over 1,400. So 
I'm having a hundred dollars straight out in secret surround yeah, sex. Ditto. And at two dollars ten off her profile and the times that she runs and the ratings that she runs, I'm I, I'm in any other given circumstance saying, What a great bet, I'm gonna have something on personally myself. But there's just been a that her last two races, she was slow away when she won in the down the Flemington Straight in the Coolmore. Yep. And then she was slow away last start. It's just not a great habit at all. So, you know, if she steps on the weekend, it's it's a good night, Irene. If she doesn't step from barrier four, Hugh Bowman, third different rider in three rides, can hunt up just like Nash did last start and still be too good. And she's the best sprinting filly in the race. She's the best sprinting filly in the country. Mm. So I'll have $100 to win on her. But just missing the start means that personally, it's not going to be my cold heart. Mm-hmm. I'm just the only question mark I've got there, Salts, at the moment is Hugh Bowman's apparently sick as a dog and um, missed, his, missed his flight last night. So there's a little bit of a question oh, really? mark over Huey Bowman riding this weekend perhaps. So um, apparently, yeah, apparently they'll send Jacob Opperman up from um, South Australia <laughs> to take the, take the ride if uh, if uh, the Shake and, and the Blue Army are in, in any strife. <laughs> so I bet with confidence with the Troppo uh, regardless. Uh, race number eight, mate. The Group One Chipping Norton Stakes. Wait for age, sixteen hundred meters. You just, how good is just opening your top sport betting app and seeing number one Animo in just any race? It's just so good. Yeah, he's a juicy little boy. But in <laughs> terms of no, oh, little, that, no that, little, no little boy about Animo. Yeah. He's the, Please, he's the if if someone out there could not cut that up as a bit of audio without any context. <laughs> and I would be very well, I think, uh, I think be that's very happy. Our, I think that's our new stinger for um we're going to do a juveniles one to watch. Yeah. No, that's two units Vatican edition. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah. um I'm not gonna have anything on Animo even though I think he'll win because he's the dollar seventy and mm. it's just not that fun really yeah and like last week i thought nature strip i had him on top but the one that i thought was actually the betting play was i wish i win how'd that work out so i'm going to do something similar this week but with benode richie now first up last preparation he rattled home 1400 meters behind animo to finish six but he was charging up the rail another 200 meters he places then he just sort of kept getting too far back. He's a bit of a dickhead. He keeps getting too far back and whatever. He'll probably do the same on the weekend and he can pull up lame. He can do a bit wrong. The blinkers come off on the weekend, but I thought his two trials have been really good. His recent trial, he just finished off really strongly up the inside. It, it'll probably get to a good four at Randwick on the weekend anyway. So he's another one where I'd prefer a little bit of give in the ground, but... At, at his price, I'm happy to have ten bucks to win on him mm. and ninety bucks to place, and hopefully you can just run into the placings first up. I think sixteen hundred meters is a much better kickoff point for him than the fourteen hundred meters that he tackled back in the spring. Yeah, I like I like that um, betting around the the dollar seventy because when it comes to the pissing contest, you barely making your cash back. You're probably just holding on. But I, I still want to include Animo in my numbers. I've actually had a late change over here at Team Foot. I've seen that. Yeah, I've, I've had a late change. You run that past the stewards? Yeah, I could get a, I could get a phone call or hauled into the room, but 
Last time I was in there, I filled that room with uppercut salts and came out a winner. So um, <laughs> I'm having $50 Quinella on Animo and Hinged. And then I'm also having $50 to place on Hinged because for me, like I know this is the pissing contest. I know we're a betting podcast, but I'm at heart a racing supporter and I don't want to sit there and watch the Group 1 Chipping Norton on Saturday and not go for Animo. So I think it's important to get Animo in because I want to just see the big boy win because he's just my favourite mm. horse. So that's how I'm going to play. A little bit of sentimental there, but also maybe a little bit of brains to get a result. Who knows? Yeah, it's a bit like Supercoach. When you're tossing up between two players, they both average 109.5. They both got good durability, but you hate the guts out of one of them. You like watching the other one play. Well, you're going to pick the one you like watching play, aren't you? So pop an Animo in. I don't mind your... Uh, theory there i also don't really like benno whatsoever so (laughs) (laughs) i just hope he runs third (laughs) fair doubt unit it is unit of the week time and our great mate from new zealand jack he bowed out last week because he needed peer to place, he had Ana Visto to win into Pier to place, and Pier didn't quite get the uh, get the place for him. But a big What's shout- the lesson there. Don't be greedy. What is it? I don't know. No multis. Multis suck. Well, you're going to love Unless this. you want to buy an apartment. <laughs> you're about to. And you're super multi-man. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to love. You're about to love this because you're super units in a second. Um, All right. So what's happened here, Salts? And this is a this is a strong warning to the unit army. If you slide in to the Two Units podcast inbox, and this person will know who they are because they've left me on red. If you slide in the Two Units inbox and say that you want to be the unit of the week and you reckon you can get a result for Racing Hearts and then you don't reply to the message that gets sent out, then let this be a warning that you will never, ever be the unit of the week because this week we've been let down, Salts, so... What we do when we get let down is the uh, the units have to step in and pick up the pieces. So what I've done here is, um, and it leads on terrifically, our $200 bonus bet this week is going to go on the Sultan's best bet to win into my best bet to win. So we're going full multis this week, Salts. Super units. No, it's a great call. It's a great <laughs> call. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah, I probably should put it on the run sheet just to get you uh, to get you across it, mate, because yeah. uh, we absolutely cooked it. But it's a good lead into our best bets, and we'll um, kick those off. And mine's nice and fresh in the mind because mine's race seven at Randwick in the surround stakes. I am on in secret. Uh, we spoke about how she stepped a little bit slow in the light fingers, but she just. Hunted rails, finished off like the true professional she is, stepping out to 1,400 metres, gets to go against her own age and sex again. And what we saw first up, I think she just bounces off that and wins. So best bet, nice and simple for me, Salt. So that's going to be part one of our Racing Hearts multi, part two. Yeah, mine's pretty simple too. I'm going to sand down in the first. Right, you are. Now, he's $1.85, but, you know, what? I just... Whatever, I'll do it out well. <laughs> you've, nice. bought, you've bought your own soundboard on your phone yeah. today. It's a disgrace. Yeah. We're a better production than that. Nah, you're, whatever. You're on the soundboard, mate. Nah, whatever. I'll do what I want. I only to sort about it then. I'll yeah. do what I want. He's a dollar eighty-five. Right, you are. But he's versatile. He does it off slow tempos. 
He does it off fast tempos. He does it from off midfield. He does it from outside the leader. He gets gutsy like he did at Mooney Valley. He's got a good sprint. Whatever. He'll do what he wants. Ethan Brown's got a great record on top. Will he lead? Whatever. He'll do what he wants. Midnight <laughs> Charm might be able to go forward and, and lead it up, or Midnight Blue, sorry, and he could sit off him just like he did at Sandown last start when he bolted in on the hillside track. And look, off what he's done in his last three runs, the other horses in the race need to replicate their PBs, which they've all done at some stage in their career, mm. deep into preparations. None of them are doing it first up, particularly on good tracks as well. The only one that's done it first up is high emotion, but she's coming off a Melbourne Cup prep and mm. is a lot better when she gets her toe into the ground. So, oh, yeah, if he loses, it's because something has gone like wrong in, mm. in, the, in the vet's report, really. Yep. Well... He's actually, it's the third, what are we, episode seven, and he's the third time that he's he's featured in the two units part of the show already this season. So I he would have won them all. Uh, yeah, he got scratched one week, but I That's had him twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had him twice, and he got <laughs> scratched one, and now he is here. So, yeah, three times right you are. He's, he's getting into the Hall of Fame for the units. It's a pretty special place there with Royal Mile and I think who else. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. So that's our multi. We get about $3.30 for that multi um, for Racing Hearts. We'll have $200 on it. I must also say that Jack, with his winner in week one for Imperatriz, who he backed over there in the uh, sprint, he's actually donated that to Racing Hearts as well. So big big shout out to Jack. You're a bloody good man and you can take the piss out of us as much as you want. Salty rounds out the show, Uh, mate. All the best this weekend. Gamble responsibly. I know you do. Um, listeners as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to five group ones, brother. Cheers, mate. And where are you off to this weekend? Uh, I'm going to Sydney tonight, actually. I've got nice. a cracky, cracky games are back. So yeah. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. I think it's going to be 4,000 degrees. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, get oh, a good good, luck, we'll get a good sweat up and we'll take improvement. We'll have a good blow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, See you later.